Welcome back to the Value Driven Investor Podcast, where we forge value-driven investors on a mission to live life on their terms. No matter where you have come from or where you are going, becoming a value-driven investor is in all our best interests because becoming financially free allows us to focus on what matters most, fulfilling our purpose. Our community of value-driven investors is committed to showing you the way. With the support of this community, you are sure to reach your goals. For all of us in the value-driven investor community, there is no greater gift than the gift of giving because together, anything is possible. I'm excited to be on this podcast for the first episode of the Value Driven Investor Podcast. This is exciting. But what's even more exciting is that I got a buddy, a good friend of mine out of Eugene, Oregon, and uh, Bob Grand is his name. And I'm really excited because he agreed to come along this journey with me, uh, the Value Driven Investor. And the whole premise of the podcast, at least right now, because it's day one and everything changes, is that we want to almost create a timeline that is replicate, uh, replication of almost mine and Bob's evolution of becoming an actual real estate investor. Now, the value-driven investor on day one is going to be everything real estate because that's what Bob and I know. But maybe one day, just one day in the future, call it five years, 10 years down the road, the value-driven investor turns into investing in anything like Bitcoin. I love it. Gold. I love it. Who knows what else? But the one thing I do know is Bob and I love investing, but even more, we are experts at real estate investing. And so, Bob, I'm really pumped to have you along for this journey with me. And this is going to be exciting. What do you think, buddy? I'm super pumped about this whole podcast. I'm glad that you you kicked the idea over to me. Uh, that that makes me feel awesome. Like I'm actually doing something uh, in the investment world. You know, I'm new to it in the last couple of years, uh, but with us being able to do this together, I think it's going to be pretty epic. Yeah, and that's what's cool about Bob and I is that Bob and I met in a group where we were learning how to create awesome content through storytelling. Now that sounds really weird. Two investor guys that are in a group. Um, with a buddy of ours, Ryan Fletcher and Ryan Sloper, who are trying to find out how do we tell better stories to connect with more people? Because the reason we wanted to do that is that we were excited about growing our real estate business or also our real estate investment business. Now, Bob, give us a little shout out about what, you know, when we met, what was the reason why you joined that group? Because I know for me, we met at that mastermind down in Orlando and I was really trying to figure out how can I create better content to make better connection with people. And why were you down there again? Well, so for me, like, uh, you know, I just um, was at Keller Williams and I went through the whole MAPS coaching program. And, and no matter what they told me at the time, you know, as a real estate agent before I was doing investment, no matter what they told me at the time, um, it always came back to like, making telephone calls and cold calling and door knocking and all that stuff. That's really all they knew how to teach you. It, it was really hard to teach you how to tell a story. It was really hard to teach you how to connect with people. So the easy default thing would be hammer the phone lines for three to four hours a day and you'll get results. And I did that for a long time and it was successful. But one day I was sitting there looking at my numbers with my maps coach and I was looking, I was like, huh, I had this revelation. It was like, you know, I'm spending like 90% of my time on 
acquiring 10% of my business. And I was like, if I just cut that out, you know, I would have a lot more free time to just connect with people. And that's what drove me to that program. Uh, so I started searching, you know, went on the path and, and, and that's how we ran into the PSS program, um, that, that kind of evolved into a lot of other things down the road. But the premise of it was connecting with people and telling story, which is how I want to do my business, which is how in everything I've read is how you do business. It's all about the connection and how you can it's get yourself the right out way, there. Right, yes, it's totally the right way. Any other way, it's just, it's, there's too much friction, too much pain to go through to, to build that relationship. Once you do, you know, you might be okay. Like I built some great relationships with, um, with people that were expired listings that I'm still friends with today, but it took a lot to get there. They weren't just gonna trust me right away because they didn't know me. They didn't know, like, and trust me. Well, and that feeds right into me, Bob, because that was my whole thing. It's like, I was doing lead generation as a real estate agent. Um, and it was just like, I was just pounding my head against the wall. Like, oh, these leads, oh, I got a cold call. Oh, they don't wanna talk to me. Oh, no, everybody hates me. Oh, I'm just a sales guy. I'm like, I can't do this. This is not who I am. I'm not just a sales guy. I'm a guy that, I'm a relationship guy. So how do I create better relationships? And that was the storytelling piece. And I think what really connected us together is that number one, we're two alpha guys. We, you know, Bob's a firefighter. I mean, the guy runs into burning buildings. The guy's an alpha all day long. And me, I'm an old jock, you know, hockey player, football player, Minnesota guy. And we just ran into each other and we started talking. And it was like, man, I like the way this guy thinks. And the biggest thing was, is that we are like free thinkers, man. I mean, if you tell me, hey, this is the rule, this is how you have to do it, I'm gonna run the opposite way and do it differently. And if I realize, oh wow, you were right, then I'll do it. But I'm gonna test what everybody's telling me to come to my own conclusion. And that's what I love most about Bob, is that he thinks exactly the same way as me, is that, hey, you can tell me and give me great advice, but I'm gonna come to my own conclusion. And Bob, wouldn't you say that that's part of being an awesome real estate investor is having that free thinking mind to solve your own problems and come to your own conclusions? Oh man, a hundred percent. I think that's like, that's probably the biggest part, you know, being that problem solver where you're just going to take anything that you can find and you just keep trying to figure out the solution, problem, solution, problem, solution, problem, solution. How do I get it done? What do I do? What makes sense? And it just, that allows for creativity to kick in, which is one of the things I like. And that's what I didn't like about the old sales process is it was just a, it's a, you know, almost like a factory style process where you're like, call on telephone three hours one day make this happen make this happen and at the end it's like you don't feel like you truly have a relationship you didn't solve anybody's problems unless you got them to a list or an investment purchase or something like that um so it's it's just a different approach that i think that a lot of people want to go down that path and they feel like that's the right way but they just don't know how to do it you know and and it takes courage um to be able to shift gears and say, this is how I'm going to build my business and I'm going to get rid of the rest of it. Well, and now there's one more thing, Bob, that I want to let everybody know before we both tell and share our story of how we became, for me, a broke ass kid out of college that didn't have a pot to piss in and sat in my dad's basement until he told me, son, you got about 12 months and I'm kicking you out. And he was dead serious. And then you can tell your story, right? We all got a story. That is very, very true. Mine's not as dramatic but, as yours, I don't think, than if you're if you're if you're actually in the basement. Yeah, I was in the basement. I think that's the uh, that's that's a pretty good one. So But but the biggest thing is, Bob, I want people to know about like the legacy. Cause I think like that's super important for both of us, the value driven investors. It's legacy. I mean, you know, making money is great and we've had long conversations about this, but making money isn't what fulfills us. It's not why we want to get 
up in the morning. It's not what like is that energy that just is like, God, this is what life is all about. People call it purpose. People call it your why. They call it all kinds of things. Um, But I think what's amazing about the two of us is that we have that just burning desire that we want to help people. We want to give before we receive anything. And yeah, if I have an opportunity to make money on a real estate deal, the first thing I always ask is, how can I help you? And let me tell you something, I know you're the same way, and you have something that's called Impact Club, which is Impact Club in Eugene, and what you do is absolutely amazing. On top of being a firefighter that runs into burning houses and save, literally saves people's lives because you're an EMT firefighter, uh, which you know I love you for that, man. But the other thing is, is you have this Impact Club, and tell us a little bit about this Impact Club, and then I'll share my, you know, my big push for my daughter Shanley and and our type one diabetes push. But tell us about Impact Club. Yeah, man. So Impact Club, Eugene, you know, uh, originally founded uh, through Ryan Fletcher Impact Club. I started uh, a branch of it here locally in Eugene. And and Ryan was the dude that we um, originally connected with to learn how to tell a story and all that. Uh, The concept came about, I believe, back in Orlando um, and and people and he kind of presented this. Um, Before that, though, we did like this thing called the Clarity Water Project, where I went up to his place in Washington. He lives right up the road from me, uh, offered to donate one thousand dollars with nine other people so we donated ten thousand dollars total to um, actually donate and create a uh, a water system to a place in Africa so to provide them clean drinking water which I thought was kind of a cool concept so that was kind of like one of I think the original start of that you know kind of concept and the testing of it and then you know so fast forward a few years later impact club rolls out Um, I instantly want to start one you know, I'm nervous and, and just, just to start anything locally because it really puts you on the spotlight, right? So, and in, in, in the concept of Impact Club is this, um, 100 people, $100 each, $10,000 um, donated inside of one hour. So that's kind of just the general concept. And, and each quarter, you know, you come together and you vote on a local nonprofit and that you want to potentially be and present at the next impact club. So then we hear three of them pitch. And then at the end of that, uh, the group, the collective votes the winner. So it's kind of cool. And 100% of the money goes to them. We just kind of hold the money in an escrow account, you know, here to say. Um, And then as soon as we figure out the winner, then the winner gets the money shipped over to them, which is a cool concept. If you want to learn more, just go to impactclubeugene.com or you can go to impactclub.com and see kind of the bigger picture um, of it all. But my local club's impactclubeugene.com. And so, you know, to date, we've donated 128,000 over the last three years and it's been just a, a growing thing. And we have a, we're up to like 116 members now, which is totally cool. And, and I just love it because it's another thing for me to connect with people in the community. Right now we're stuck on virtual events and that's not my favorite thing. Um, but I really like going to the live events. And so we do those live events and such a good time because good people just want to, you know, come out and support local nonprofits. And it's just such a fun experience, you know, each quarter. And we have such a great time and, and we don't get out a lot because we're working all the time, you know, so it's, it's just one of those things that you get out and get to do something. Yeah, so the thing that I do to give back is I have, uh, my daughter has type 1 diabetes, which if you were to find anything out, go on the internet, follow any of my rabbit holes on the internet with content, you would definitely see that uh, I support JDRF. Uh, That's a big nonprofit for type 1 diabetes. The other thing Bob and I have in common is that his daughter also has type 1 diabetes, so that uh, really (laughs) sealed a bond for us. When my daughter was diagnosed two years ago, and she's now nine, I had uh, also joined uh, Ryan Fletcher's 
um, group to learn more about storytelling because I wanted to tell the story of my family, type 1 diabetes. And I knew I was at a crossroads where it was like, are you going to hide it? Or are you going to be someone there that's out there leading the charge to find a cure? And I, I knew instantly that I had to be a leader. I had to get out there and I had to be a good example for my daughter. And that's what I did. And <clears throat> TeamSugarShade.com is where we raise money for JDRF. And that uh, we've been doing for, like I said, I think this last five, six years. And we've raised uh, almost $90,000 uh, doing that over the last five, six years. So it's been, it's been awesome, man. It's been awesome. And I want to go in now, Bob, obviously we've shared a little bit of our story, how we've connected, but let's get into the real story, which everybody's waiting for. How did you guys become real estate investors? Why in the hell should I even listen to you? Right? So the first thing is I'm going to kick it off with telling my story and then I'm going to have Bob jump in and tell his story because I think it's important that you guys get to know who these two guys are that are going to be hosting and part of this podcast um, because that's what life's all about is you got to know somebody, then you got to get to like them. And then one day, if we earn it, you can trust us. And uh, so my story started out when I was graduating college. I graduated with an MIS degree, which if you don't know what that is, it's computer programming. Yeah, everybody says computer programming and you're a real estate investor. My old man said the exact same thing. Because I told him, you know what, Dad, uh, that degree, I don't think I'm going to use it. Um, it's just not my style, sitting in a cube, not communicating with people, not being around people, and, and, and being more introverted is just not my style. And he's like, son, why the hell did I even send you to college if you're going to do real estate then? And I was like, uh, I don't know, Dad. It'll all pay dividends. Um, so my dad was always a big influence in my life. And again, I came back from college. I was broke, just like everybody's broke when they come from college. I played sports, didn't have a job. And I sat in, uh, in the basement and said, dad, Hey, I need 12 months. Give me 12 months to get my feet under me. Uh, and, and let me, you know, I'll find a job and, I, and I'll be out of the house. And he said, son, you better be out of the house. Cause I ain't paying for you any longer. And so that's exactly what I did is I, I discovered what I wanted to do in the basement of my dad's house. And it really came from a book by Robert Kiyosaki called Retire Rich, Retire Young. And I read that book and it just opened up my mind. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm pretty sure Robert Kiyosaki probably has some influence on you because he is one of the biggest influencers in the real estate investment field. Um, and so I read that book and it just opened up my mind and I was just like, my gosh, I'm an entrepreneur. I want to live life on my terms. I want to create the life that's perfect for me. How do I do it? What can I do? And real estate seemed like the thing. And while this book just opened up my mind, I was like, Phew. I'm like, this is it. Like, this is it. And, and that's what I did. I just said, you know what? This is it. And funny thing was, is after I read that book, I ran into my uncle and my uncle was kind of in a shift too, because it was right around, uh, 2009, happened. And he was big in the paper industry and he knew a lot of people in that world trade center that went down and he just, he couldn't do it anymore. So he was doing, he had his own construction business. He had started and my parents had hired him. So he came over and my uncle, he can talk like nobody's business. So he came over and I, he, I was sitting at this little fold up table with my computer and he goes, what, what the hell are you doing, Tim? I said, I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to go in life, Unc. And he goes, well, what are you thinking? And I said, well, I know that I got 12 months and my old man's going to kick me out. So I think I'm going to go down the real estate realm. And he said, real estate. He goes, son, that's smart. And he told me all about how he had flipped and built houses and this and that and whatever. 
one thing led to another and I said, well, Unc, what are you doing now? He goes, well, I'm actually building a house over in Lakeville, which is an area in Minnesota. And he said, hey, do you need a job? I'm like, well, I'm not really employed right now. Why? What do you got? And he, he goes, well, why don't you help me build this house? And I said, well, if I like real estate, I better learn about how to build. I said, so you probably need a grunt, huh? And he said, yeah, I do need a grunt. I go, well, let me tell you, I'm not that cheap. <laughs> so he goes, well, I'll pay you 10 bucks an hour. I said, Unc, are you kidding me? I just graduated college. I have a college degree. How about 12 bucks an hour? <laughs> and he's like, sure. All right, let's do it. And it was awesome because I was able to work a year of construction with my uncle and build this house. And it was an invaluable experience and it solidified everything I wanted to do, which was real estate. And it was construction and it was building things. And so from that, um, I had told him what my aspirations were on becoming an investor, a real estate investor. And we talked a lot about becoming a real estate investor. And he said, well, what are you gonna do? What's your big opportunity? I said, well, by the way, I got a buddy down in Arizona and that buddy has a great opportunity to own a couple properties and we have built-in renters because he's at this golf academy and so he can bring these kids that are coming from out of state to the golf academy and they can be our renters oh my god now obviously i'm cutting the story as short as i can without giving you all the details because i don't want this to be like three hours long but what happened was is we my buddy down in arizona <clears throat> became the property manager my uncle and i flew down to arizona and he's like, hey, I'll buy a property. We'll fill it up. Let's see how it goes. Well, needless to say, we found a property. I did all the work, which I told him I'd do, and he was the money guy. We found this property. We wrote an offer, and it got accepted. And I'm going to tell you, I was it was like jumping out of a plane at 30,000 feet without a parachute because I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew I could do it. I just knew, I, Unc, I can do it. And my uncle, he's a riverboat gambler. He's like, kid, I know you can do it. And plus, if every, if the shit hits the fan, he goes, I'll take care of you. And so we did it. We bought a property. <laughs> but the best part of this whole story was the next morning I woke up, my uncle says, hey, are we going home? And I said, well, you know, we're not going home for another two days. And he goes, well, great. We're going to go out and buy another property. And I was like, what are you talking about? We're coming down to buy one property, Unc. We're not buying two. He goes, nope, we're buying two. So within five days, we bought two properties down in Chandler, Arizona. We rented them out. Everything was going great until I found out that my buddy got really excited when those rent checks came in and everything kind of just started to fizzle away. I'm not going to go into details on exactly what happened, but I will tell you this. I thought I could trust my buddy. And then all of a sudden what happened was he decided, you know what? All this money coming in. Wow. What can I do? How can I make this work? And I just, he was my manager and it wasn't working out. And that is 101 of real estate. It's a people business. You have to trust people and you have to put people in charge. And sometimes it doesn't work out and that's okay. But then now you have to make decisions on how to solve that problem. And for me, it was about 2007, I believe on the timeline. And I was just like, hey, Unc, you know what? This isn't working out. The properties have gone up ridiculously since we bought it. Uh, let's just sell. Let's just move on because I can't go down there and live down there. I can't manage these properties. And that's exactly what we did. We literally sold, and I always tell people, we literally sold the day before the market crashed 
because right after we got the last property sold, because it took us about a year, we made great money, and then boom, the Arizona market crashed because the whole economy crashed because of the mortgage problem. And so I was sitting there going, I'm so lucky I just missed that bomb that would have hit and possibly lost my uncle thousands of dollars. Let's go do it again. And so what happened was is the market, the, the market crashed. Him and I walked away with a good chunk of change. My uncle's like, let's go do something again. And I was like, hey, I got to take a break here because I was a real estate agent. I have to go sell more houses. I have to make a living. How am I going to survive? Am I going to foreclosures are happening? Short sales are happening. What am I going to do? I'm a real estate agent. And that was the mindset. And Bob's been there. He had the real estate agent mindset. And I was like, well, I have to survive this crash by being a real estate agent. That was like for the first probably year or two, I was like, gosh, how am I going to make this as a real estate agent? And then I met another buddy who became my partner and he was working with investors while I was doing short sales. And I realized, man, let's keep in touch with this guy. And he was killing it 50, 100, 200 transactions in one year with investors because the banks had to get rid of these properties and investors were snapping them up. And there was a magic formula for how to get these deals from the banks. And he knew it. And I sat by him. His name was Jason. Good buddy of mine. Love the guy. <clears throat> and he showed me this is what we're doing. And so what I said was, well, why are you doing it for someone else? Why don't you do it for yourself? Because I want to get in this game. And he's like, that's smart. He goes, you're right. How do we do it? And he was caught up in being a real estate agent. And sure, he was doing a couple deals here and there, but he wasn't thinking like an investor. And that was the paradigm shift in my world, his world, and Bob will tell you his story. It was also the paradigm shift in Bob's world when he went from thinking like a real estate agent to thinking like an investor. And so exactly at that moment, I said, hey, let's do a deal. The next deal we think is a great deal. Let's do the deal. Let's flip it and let's become real estate investors. That's exactly what I did is I took a deal in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. It was an $80,000 deal. We bought it from the bank. We stole it from the bank. We flipped it for, I think, 150 or 175. I had two partners in the deal. I had another guy financing it. I had so many people involved in that deal, but I didn't care because it wasn't about me making money on that first deal. It was about me just doing my first deal because again, it was like jumping out of an airplane, flipping a house, like, oh my God, everything could go wrong. How do I get financing? Who's gonna do the construction? How, what is it gonna sell for? I don't, I'm a real estate agent. I should know what it's gonna sell for. All these things that go through your mind, I was freaking out. But I didn't care because I'm like, I got to jump. I got to jump or I'm never going to do it. And so that deal, I broke even. Nobody really made any money. It wasn't a great deal like we thought it was. It was such a small little deal. There wasn't enough margin, but I didn't care. I was like, I did it. I did it and I didn't lose money. So let's go do the next one. And I did that and I did that and I did that. And for five years, we did it. And I did hundreds of transactions with investors that we were working with and then with my buddy Jason and I we did hundreds of these little flips and we stole so many houses from the bank and it felt amazing because the bank wasn't doing anybody any favors at that time and so why are we going to look out for them why do we care about them so we did short sales and we did foreclosures and we did real estate investing and then the next thing that I was I did was the banks quit giving houses away because the market started to turn so the market started to turn and there was less and less foreclosures coming on the market and the banks were not selling the homes at these ridiculous prices because 
the market was going down and now it was finally kind of plateauing and going up again. Now the banks were like, well, we're not losing money every day we hold these assets. Maybe we can sell it for a little bit more. Maybe we just hold on to these for a little bit longer. Well, now all of a sudden these foreclosures and the prices that we could get them at were not as exciting. So I was like, I went to one of my, our contractors, is now a good friend of mine. We do a lot of big projects together. His name's Chris. And I said, Chris, what are we gonna do? And Chris had been doing new construction before the market crashed. Market crashed, he had a whole bunch of lots and he lost his ass, had to take, you know, deal with the banks. I don't wanna go into that. That's his story to tell. But he came back and he said, you know what? Let's do infill development. Instead of buying dirt, which is what I used to do, Let's find awesome property in awesome locations and let's take the house down or let's do a total remodel or let's pop the top and let's redevelop existing awesome locations. So the first house we did was an $850,000 new construction that we tore down in the middle of a neighborhood and we built a brand new $850,000 house and I went from doing $300,000 flips to Buying the house was 275 and then the construction was like 450. I'm like, Chris, I'm gonna lose my ass. I'm gonna lose everything I had. My wife was freaking out. Everybody's freaking out. I was at the edge of that plane again, looking out 30,000 feet. I'm like, dude, you're kicking me off the plane. And he kicked me off the plane. And I, I thank God for Chris every single day because if he didn't kick me out of that plane, I, there's no way I would have done it on my own. There's no way I would have done that deal on my own. But from that point forward, I have been flipping houses from, you know, $200,000. And now I'm literally flipping a house for $1.4 million. And I did uh, my biggest deal last year, which was a $1.6 million infill development, new construction deal. Bought the house for three seventy-five, dollars put in almost a million dollars, and we sold this project for $1.6 million. Now, that was the evolution of Tim Murphy as a real estate investor. It's a long story, but it's a story that I think you need to know because you're talking to a guy that's been doing it for 17 years. You gotta be able to trust the person that you're getting advice from. I've done hundreds of deals, I've done big deals, I've done small deals, I've done all kinds of real estate residential deals. And right now I'm moving into the commercial world because it's my next step. It's the next evolution of Tim Murphy as a real estate investor. Now, that's my story. Bob, I'd love to hear your story, man, because your story is just as inspirational. Well, my story is definitely different than yours. I didn't have to hang out in a basement or anything like that. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so my story, just going back like to, to, to like my origin, you know, uh, of, of where I came from, I grew up in a really small town and my mom was a local real estate agent back then. Um, in a little town called Oak Ridge and she sold houses. And as a kid, she, you know, forced me to kind of like, I wouldn't, I shouldn't say forced, but asked me and didn't pay me. Um, so it seemed forced at the time to help her, like when she needed property cleanup and stuff, she'd put my brother and I to work and we'd do all sorts of stuff, you know, to get properties ready to go. Um, and I did, that was probably about how far I took real estate at the time. You know, I didn't really think anything more of it. Um, and, and she was, you know, probably an average successful real estate agent, like the average agent, you know, do some deals here and there and made a decent living at it. And kind of, it was, you know, up and down like a roller coaster. But, you know, I got into um, becoming a firefighter when I was 16 years old because I had to do some uh, community service and stuff in the small town Oak Ridge. And there was a 40 hour community service program that you could do, which was the entry level firefighter um, course there. So 
I got volunteering at that really young age, which really spiked my um, curiosity for the fire service. And that's really where I got going. I just want to be a firefighter because I just love the adrenaline. You know, it's like quick decision making, having to make decisions without with limited information. And it was just like you get these massive adrenaline bursts. And it was just almost like this crazy euphoric high when you go into like a burning building or help somebody. It was just, it was insane, you know? So that's all I could think about doing my whole life. It was almost like, almost like a drug you might think, you know, like you just kind of become addicted to that. And so as soon as I could, you know, I asked, you know, I went to college and I said, hey, where should I get hired on at the fire department? They're like, well, you'd want to get hired on at this fire department. So I just go there and get hired on. And that's my start in the fire service, you know, which is at the Eugene Springfield Fire Department. It was Eugene Fire Department now and we're merged with Springfield. And so, you know, fast forward, I, I fast tracked through my career inside of like eight or nine years to get to the position of captain. And, you know, that's all I wanted to do. You know, I just wanted to do that during the course. I was like that typical firefighter who was always hustling a side deal, you know, working on houses, flipping his own house, just doing those types of things. I didn't consider myself a house flipper. I didn't consider any of that. I was just into to make money and keep progressing my family down the road, which was the path that was showed to me by every other firefighter out there. You gotta have a side hustle. You gotta have something going. You gotta make that extra money. You gotta work tons of overtime at the fire department. And it was just like a lifestyle, you know? And, that, and that's what a lot of guys did there. Um, and they still do it today. Um, but it was interesting. So one day I'm on a fire being this gung ho fire captain. You're like, oh yeah, we're gonna go in here. And, and, and it was kind of one of those fires where like, it's hard to explain, but when a house is really kind of canned up with smoke and, and, it, and it could kind of just explode basically where it catches on fire, you gotta do some things really quick to open up the house, right? So you gotta cut some vents and do stuff and kind of vent the, vent the roof and just get smoke out of it so it can escape and not explode. And I don't wanna say explode like it's gonna erupt like the movies, cause I don't really, I've never really seen that, but it'll, it'll catch fire, you know, and just burn everything. So that's the goal, just to stop it. So I'm doing that, you know, doing my thing. And I think I'm like Superman, you know, and, and I'm like, it was a hardcore physical fitness guy and I could just run, do anything, big, strong, tough, you know, you couldn't hurt me. And I climb up this ladder, do some work and just like, I just jump off the ladder, you know, like three or four feet to the ground, skip the last few steps. I mean, why would you need that? You know, instead of stepping down with 80 pounds of gear on you, you just jump off of stuff. And I felt like a pop, like right in my knee. And I was like, ah, oh. That kind of is weird. So I'm like running around this fire, kind of dancing with my knee and it's like, ah, it's not feeling right, you know? And so then after the fire, I, I go like right to the chief at the time. I was like, hey, you know, my knees kind of something's weird. I felt a pop. He's like, okay, well, why don't you just go off duty and just get to Slocum, which was the, which is the uh, orthopedic place that we can just walk into and get checked out. So I go in there, they're like, yeah, you potentially, you know, fractured something in your knee. And you know, long story short, I ended up having surgery on my knee because I did fracture my kneecap and it was kind of a, a weird deal um, where I was off for like four months. And that was the first time in my life where I couldn't do anything for three to four months. I had a surgery and I was on the couch and I was like depressed, you know, thinking like, what am I going to do? And I was, I was actually talking with my mom at the time and she's like, well, she goes, you better come up with a backup plan. And, and, and I think that conversation kind of happened because I was for the first time in my life concerned that I could have a career in career ending injury at the fire service that would take me out of my game. And that's all I could think about doing. You know, it's like, I felt like I was a professional athlete, very low paid professional athlete, you know, but I was one. And then that's kind of how I went and I was like, man. And so I'm sure a lot of people go through those when they're in those types of positions, like thinking like, well, what would I do if I can't do this? And so she was like a real estate agent. Right. And so I was like, 
man, maybe I should do real estate. I've always liked working on my own houses. You know, I've done all this types, different types of things. And so she's like, yeah, you should become a real estate agent. You can just work with me, blah, blah, blah. And so I do that. And then I really start to get into real estate, realizing I can make some pretty good money here if I'm just hustling. And, you know, I originally um, just started working with my mom and just kind of working a deal here and there and kind of everywhere instead of having to do something that's physically strenuous outside the fire department. It was better for me just to do something that was more professional. So I didn't, you know, risk myself twice for getting hurt so I could remain at the fire service, you know, the rest of my career. Think smarter, not harder. Right? Yeah, think smarter, not harder, man. So, so I was, you know, going down that course. Um, one day I got a call from my mom and she wanted us to come over to the house, my brother, my sister and I. And so she told us that day that, you know, she had pancreatic cancer. And so it was kind of a, a horrible situation for me, you know, cause I was like sitting there thinking like, well, what am I going to do anyways? You know, it's like horrible. She's going through this, but also, you know, we work together, we have this business and it kind of threw a lot of things up in the air, but you know, I didn't care about that at the time. I just cared about, you know, what, how to help her and, and make sure she was, okay and in the end you know six months later she passed away and so at that time i had to make a decision you know do i stick it out in real estate or do i you know just hang it up and so i decided i was just going to keep going you know and, and keep keep that path um, moving for our family and so that's what kind of got me to keller williams where i got into the coaching programs and did all that stuff and did a bunch of cold calling and just start hammering the phones to realize that you know i'm spending 90 percent of my time focusing on 10 percent of my business and if i just cut that out i could actually just connect with people which is what i'm good at and i kind of went that model and that's kind of what you know fast forward got me into the group where we met and we went that path and learned how to storytell and do everything that that kind of comes along with that which really just involves being human and connecting with people um so then you know that my brother joined me in the real estate ranks you know a few years ago and i was getting burnt out on just regular real estate sales and we were you you and i tim were having those conversations you're like man you should get an investing but i was just like gosh i've never really done it you know like is a business model i've always and i was still at the time doing it on the side here and there but not full time and then you know my brother and i we start working together and we just kind of have this thing like you know regular real estate's good but our true passion is investing. That's what we've always wanted. And he came from a financial um, background when he joined as a financial, he was previously a financial analyst. And so he's like, I can handle all the analyzing of the properties. He goes, you understand the construction. And he goes, together we're great real estate agents. He's like, we can make this happen. And so I was like, you know what, you're right. Let's just shift everything. And then, you know, you and I had some conversations about this, like how does this switch work? How do we get growing down that path? And really like what it came down to, was exactly what you were saying. Like the airplane door opens and we're like, Hey, Bob, you're tethered to me. We're jumping. I'm like, no, Tim, I'm not jumping. I'm not jumping. You're like, you're tethered to me. We're going off. <laughs> and we jumped. <laughs> and so, you know, we made that jump dude. And like, that's kind of been like, you know, just like in a quick, um, consolidated approach, you know, or thought process, that's kind of been the, the whole thing. And since we've made that turn to investing, it's just really opened so many more doors for us. And I always, I think deep down, I always wanted to do it, but I just didn't have the courage to do it, you know? And so I think that with us, you know, kind of as a team and my brother and everything, it just gave me that, you know, courage to be able to take that leap of faith and be able to make it all happen. And, and since then, you know, it's like, I think that, you know, you've, you've been in the investing world for a long time. 
Um, and, and one of the cool things, you know, for me is I've only really truly been like a dedicated investor the last two and a half years, you know, and since then, man, I can say I probably have 15 to 20 years of investment knowledge compressed inside of two and a half years because as a collective, I've been able to just gather the right information from people and get everything I need and then trust and the people that I'm around and the group and recognizing that they're going to truly be there to help me. Um, and I know that I have the skills to do it. And, and I think that's one of the great things that the fire service taught me is, is, is how to make decisions with a limited amount of information and get through that fear factor of it. Right? So, I mean, if I were, you know, a firefighter to say, I'd never been scared before in my life, I'd never been inside of a fire, you know, and, and, and that would be the truth. If any firefighter ever says I've never been scared, they're lying to you because I can tell you more times than not going into a house, I've been sitting there thinking like, Oh my God, do I want to go inside this burning building or dealing with a medical call where you pull up and cars are all smashed up and you're like, Oh my gosh, I do not. Do I have the ability to do this? And, and there's that fear factor and your, your internal brain just saying like, safety mode, safety mode, safety mode, you know, and, and, and you having to say, I have the training, I have the skills, I have the ability to get through this and get to the next level. And so the fire service really taught me that, which I've been able to kind of take over to the investing side. And, you know, in the last few years, you know, gosh, I've done numerous, um, rehabs, picked up investment properties, started doing wholesaling, um, got into bought just, we just recently purchased a 15 unit complex that we're rehabbing. So it's just been this massive compression and I just keep leapfrogging to the next level, like learn it, lock it down, go, you know, and, and that's been kind of, you know, my story in a little bit of a nutshell. Bob, that's the thing I love about you is that, <clears throat> you know, the value driven investor for me is about giving back. And it's about taking all this 17 years of knowledge and, and pushing it forward and giving it to a guy just like you. The most frustrating thing, though, is when you give that knowledge to someone and they don't do anything about it. They don't change their life. When you know that it is life changing, you know that the information that you're providing and, and the, the support you're providing is, will literally change their life. And then they don't do anything is the most frustrating thing in the world. And that's what I love about you being an ambassador for the Value Driven Investor podcast and everything that we're hoping we can do to help people is that literally me and you, you came to me and said, dude, kick me out of the plane. Just kick me out of the plane. And when I did, you said, okay, now just tell me how do I survive? And literally, dude, you haven't just survived, man. You've thrived. Like you, you're blowing it up and, it, and it's just awesome. And that's what the Value Driven Investor is all about. It's about in the future, what we want to do is we want to take this podcast and we want to give you an outline of where Bob was, where I were, was in the beginning. We were just kids. We were just people. We, he was a firefighter. I was a broke-ass kid out of college. And then what did we do? What was that evolution? And that's how we're going to plan, plan this podcast is we're going to start with you're doing something different and you want to get into real estate. And then every episode is going to build on itself until episode 55 is us talking about some $20 million commercial building that we just bought and how we did it, you know? But in the beginning, that's so overwhelming to even think about that. That's just called analysis paralysis. So we can't start there. We got to start as someone that's sitting there with the idea that, hey, I just read this awesome book about real estate and it sounds like it's for me. What's the first step? And so today, Bob, I'm, it's just, 
it's a pleasure, man. And, and number one, it's a pleasure because I think we're going to get to know each other and be around each other even more, which is going to be even that much better for, for our relationship. But I think it's going to be amazing because we have some great stories. We have live deals we're doing. We're wholesaling deals. We're doing multifamily deals. We're doing flips. We're doing anything that you can get your hands on in real estate. Bob and I seem to get our hands on. <laughs> and so this episode is episode number one. It's our origin story. This episode, you got to learn about Tim Murphy. You got to learn about Bob Grand. Episode number two that's going to be coming up is about what's going to make the value-driven investor special. How is the value-driven investor going to be different and special compared to all the other real estate podcasts that you come up with that you can turn on, that you all the different real estate websites you can go to, all the different real estate web classes that you can, you can find out there? What's going to make the value-driven investor special and different? And that's what we're going to talk about in the next episode. So please join us on episode number two. And we look forward to building an awesome relationship from this day forward. Thanks for listening to the Value Driven Investor Podcast, where we lead by giving. For more information about our community and what's new, visit valuedriveninvestor.com. The Value Driven Investor Podcast was produced by Digital Legend Media in Minneapolis. Build your legend, digitallegendmedia.com.